0: Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What are, where do you, you come from, Greg? <laughs> I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't eat them A lot of our listeners Actually tell us They don't have kids We talk about sex We talk about all sorts Of dirty stuff But also parenting stuff Yeah, so Check out Childish New episodes every Wednesday Wherever you listen to podcasts everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm very excited to welcome my old pal, Brian Bishop, a.k.a. Bald Brian, to the show. You know him as the author of Shrinkage, Manhood, Marriage, and the Tumor That Tried to Kill Me about his battle with a brain tumor. He also co-hosts the film podcast, The Film Vault, and you probably know him... Most of you best know him as the beloved sidekick and sound effects guy from the Adam Carolla show, a gig he has been. That's how I know him. And that's he's been doing that for how many years, Brian?
1: Oh, the radio show was, started in 06, and I took over as that position in early 06. So there you go, early 06.
0: It's a long time. Hello. Welcome. It's so nice to have you back. You've been on a few times, but it's been a while. This is the first pandemic appearance on my show you've made.
1: I think it's the first pandemic appearance I've made in any show, aside from one that employs me. Uh, so great to see you. And how's, you. how is the um, pandemic podcasting experience treating you? Well, I want to have pandemic experiences treating you anyway, you know, your, your real life. But how is the pandemic podcast experience uh, going?
0: It's, it's I would just give it an okay. Um, It's
1: it's serviceable, right? Yes. It's like, yeah, we can paste this together.
0: I um, was very... Passionate, I would say it it was one of my passions uh, that I would not do remote interviews. I've been pitched people in the past, like really good guests where they're like, Hey, would you be interested in in having so-and-so on your podcast? And I would say, yes. And they'd be like, okay, he's in New York. And then I would say, Oh, I'm sorry. I only do in person. I just have a thing about really only wanting to do in person. So this has forced me to kind of get over that. Um, And I do still have shows, excuse me, I do still have shows where I am reminded why I don't like it, but I'd say overall it's going like better than I expected when I realized I was going to have to do it this way.
1: Sure, I understand that. Yeah, obviously, over at the Corolla Show, we have a whole network of producers and technical people and a lot of support. But like for the film vault, which is pretty DIY, which you've been a guest on, we'd love to have you on again. Oh, yeah. When we, when we do in person uh, guests, we haven't had a guest. You may have been one of our last guests. We haven't had a guest in a long time. Really? How come? Um, well, obviously, you know, uh, pa- uh, the pandemic, number one. But even before that, I don't know. We just we never, we never so much of a. Boost from guests. So it was always like, who do we want to talk to? Like the Allison Rosens of the World or even like Dave damashek or like people who are you were friends with or interesting, we can have a rapport with. It was never really about like get a big guest to get like big numbers. It was more just oh, who's like a person we'd like to talk movies with? So it was never Did you want to did you
0: want to go out on a high note after me?
1: Yeah, yeah, I needed to. Yeah, I, you were the you were the the, the base, the the, the, uh, the establishing shot. If as you were, then mm-hmm. comes the money shot, and then we no. So we had. Wait, that's, never not really, I, that's not how. That's how I meant it. <laughs> so it never really served us, quote unquote. I mean, in terms of like how how most people look at guests, mm-hmm. but um, at the same time, we're also lazy. <laughs> we uh, we probably uh, just never. Prioritized it and we realize now, like, oh, we should probably have more guests. So, when and if this pandemic comes to an end, but it also affects us because we're doing the shows remotely because you know, my health situation, Anderson's very conscious about that. And he's like, you know, I I don't want to come around, you know, and you know, for any unnecessary risk, we can make this work on our own, which we have. Uh, but it's 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 reminds us that it's just a little bit worse, it's just not quite as good,
0: Uh, yes. Exactly. And it's like, if you are only listening to the remote ones, I think as long as the audio is decent enough, I Mm -hmm. think that you're like, yeah, everything's okay. But then if you, it's like just turning the color up a little brighter when it's in person.
1: It's funny. I never now It sounds funny coming from a sound effects guy. Everyone thinks I'm more technical than I am. I I don't know what I'm doing over here. I don't know what half these buttons do. I know that. I never well you 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 saw behind the curtain. <laughs> I never cared as a listener about audio quality. Like I've listened to some pretty rough podcasts that were in terms of audio quality, but if the conversation was interesting enough or the content was interesting enough, I you get over that shit pretty quick. At I first know. it's a little jarring, but like 20 minutes in you forget you're you're even listening to like subpar quality audio.
0: I know. I that's something I have realized as well. I think that I have become a little bit of an audiophile, where like I'll listen to something and I'm like, it sounds a tiny bit processed. What's happening? And I don't think uh-huh. any, and I recognize that I don't think anyone else would care. It's just me, but I I notice it. Like something sounds slightly unnatural. What is that um, outside of
1: outside of like. A, a really bad echo or like some phasing that like you're like, I, I, I just can't listen to this. Mm-hmm. It's distracting. I'm very forgiving when it comes to audio quality.
0: I think most listeners are. I think most listeners would rather have a great guest who doesn't sound as good than like a super wonderful sounding, not interesting guest.
1: Yeah, I agree. So it's not just you. It's everyone. <laughs>
0: Thank you for remembering my signature segment. Do you, do you still do I still do that, yeah. I just thought of one oh, yesterday. What is it? Do you do remember? Do we do it now or do,
1: we, or do we do it later?
0: Let's. You know what? I'm going to play the song and I'm going to make you do it now, even though we might also do it later. So hang on just a second. Sometimes I ponder on. okay what's
1: yours i don't know if everyone feels the same as me i maybe suspect a lot of people do but i was unloading the dishwasher last night i hate unloading the dishwasher it's for some reason i just it drives me nuts i don't want to do it i will beg christy to do it or hold off for five days until our housekeepers come you know once a month or whatever it is uh but I enjoy loading the dishwasher, and it's almost the exact same amount of work. There's almost no difference. Like, I'll load the dishwasher after a big dinner or party or whatever, and it's like, this. no, I'm enjoying this, whereas unloading it, which is practically the same amount of effort, for some reason, I, I can't do it.
0: Um, I don't think that's just you. It is not me, though. I would prefer to unload than load. Something oh, about, like... We missed our window, Allison. I know, Damn <laughs> it, Christy
1: the, and Daniel! Think, think about the power <laughs> unloading loading couple we could have been.
0: I know, man. Our dishes would be put away so fast. I know. Um, what is it you dislike about it though? Because you're saying I, it's it's, an, it's almost inexplicable.
1: I, I I don't know what there because logically I literally had the thought last night. I'm like, this is no different than like loading the dishwasher. For granted, usually you does load a little of time.
0: It's not. I don't think it's the same activity going forward and backward though, because to unload it, you're taking it out of the dishwasher and then you're having to put it in cupboards and like various spots, storage spots. That's the, to me, the difference.
1: That's 100 percent true, but in terms of actual effort expended, a lot of the time, most of the time, the dish needs to be at least rinsed because it's got some, you know, big chunks. You have to do some extra effort. It's not just like dish in right. the dish in the dishwasher. It's like no, this needs to be rinsed or addressed in some way.
0: Um, you know what? One of my household things that I absolutely hate doing, uh, and my husband. I'm surprised he hasn't left me over this. You know how you're supposed to clean the lint out of the dryer trap? See, like, I love doing that. Oh, you do?
1: No, I don't love doing it, but I do it every time because I, I want to keep my dryer from exploding.
0: Yes, this is This is what I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> um I I do it, I don't know, every now and again. Which is does Curry's no favor is with that, my husband. Uh, is,
1: is every now and again code for never or <laughs> No, it's <laughs> like
0: you know, I don't know. Every like ten times that I use the, well, it, he does it all, but he does it often. Sure. So he's picking up my slack, but left it to my drives, own devices,
1: it also dries more efficiently. And it's funny. The, one of the reasons yes. we do it's because Christy. And a previous uh, uh, employment many years ago worked for Farmer's Insurance. And uh, one of their ads that she worked – it was in the J.K. Simmons dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Oh, dun, yeah. dun, you know, it was that whole era when that was really popular. And one of the ads she worked on – I think she visited the set, which is rare because was a behind-the-scenes person. But it was uh, – Dryer fire was the name of the uh, ad and it was about how you should clean the lint tray in your dryer because those can catch on, the, you know, the lint can catch on fire. And they had like a flamethrower, they had like the, the the fire marshal there or something because they were using like they were using seasons. an open open flamethrower on set. You have to have like certain regulations. Right.
0: Wow, I didn't see that. Had I perhaps I would be more diligent about cleaning the stupid trap. I just don't like it. How are oh, you unfolding laundry? I'm more of a like, so when it comes to socks and underwear, I just, I've realized you could fold or you can just stuff it in the drawer, just smush it down, mm-hmm. which is
1: <laughs> what I do. I, I can't do that. But yeah, I, wonder, I understand that it can be done. It I can be, be done. See, well, I'll let me do it.
0: wait. Oh, oh, I see. My neuroses
1: will not allow me to do that.
0: Mine do. They prevent me from doing other things, uh, but they totally allow me to do that. And then most of my other clothes, I hang. There's not a lot of stuff that's folded. The kids' clothes, I do fold, though, and I don't really mind that.
1: I think guys have more folding clothes than girls generally. I think so. I would imagine so. But um, uh, folding laundry, I think it's my number one least favorite, Mm. like, a mundane, you know, chore, like worse than unloading the dishwasher. I don't count like floors and shit like that because like you wash your floors once every, what, two, three months, who you knows, whatever it is. It's not an it's not as often as you know, folding laundry.
0: How often are you washing your sheets?
1: Once every two weeks.
0: That's kind of the schedule that we're on.
1: I, uh, mostly because we've, we've achieved a status in our life now where we can have a housekeeper come uh, twice a month. So, uh, we, we strip the bed. We actually wash the sheets and dried them and everything. And then we just put them back on top of the bed and they just make it. So really we're washing the sheets.
0: So you're still having someone come. Have you, have you had someone come to your house throughout this? Uh, no, we held off for a little while at the height of COVID,
1: and then um, we've actually not been here almost every time they've come. It's so crazy! Smart. I just realized that uh, because uh, we've been doing a lot of weekends at Christie's family's place in uh, Balboa Island. Oh, uh, number one, just to get away—it's uh, you know, change the scenery. Otherwise, you're going to drive insane. But really, mostly, I've been so sick over the last. Since June, uh, that's that's actually when it started. I think when we brought our housekeeper back, um, I've been so sick since June, starting this new medication. Uh, I just literally, it's it's. We need the help. Like we go down with we go down with Christie's parents, and they end up being sort of de facto babysitters uh, or extra hands on deck for you know Friday and Saturday and Sunday, because um, you know we can manage during the week mm-hmm. with school and whatnot. But like come the weekends, we definitely need extra help.
0: Yeah, so what's been going on? How are you doing? It's really none of your business. <laughs> Would you rather talk about sheets?
1: <laughs> I feel like I've exhausted my thoughts on sheets. <laughs> um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm tired. I'm really tired. Hi, Tessa. I don't know if she wants to come over here and say hi. Come oh. here. Say hi to my friend Allison. My friend Allison. Come here.
0: She's very nice. Come here. How many kids do you have now? Two.
1: She has two little kids.
0: Hi, Tessa. Can I, can oh, she can't hear have... me. Yeah. Hi. Did you say hi? Oh, my gosh. So cute. Did
1: you the Tessa
0: show? Hi. Hi, Tessa. Oh.
1: You've met Tessa before, right? I mean, granted, she was a baby, probably. Right? No, I've never
0: met her. And oh, she's that's a, crazy. She's a woman now. You met Elliot. She,
1: yes, I have, over at your place. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not met your second
0: child. Right. That's Owen. And he so Elliot's three and a half, and Owen is one and a half. Oh, and Tessa just Go had on. her birthday, right? It's just a few days ago, yeah. Happy birthday, Tessa!
1: Uh, very exciting. It was a, a very. Very abbreviated birthday party as you can imagine. I imagine. But it was actually a, it was actually a Balboa. We invited um a few when I say a few, I think we invited four families and their kids da- from daycare down to Balboa because on the beach is kind of the perfect place, right? Mm-hmm. You can just it was on the beach the whole thing. You can just run around and not nice. have to interact, you know, too closely with people. Two families came and it was perfect. It was a tiny little social distance birthday party for Tessa. That's
0: great. So did the they beach. They don't live down there, right? They just have a house down there? Or do they live there yeah. now? No,
1: uh, the, no. Her parents live in uh, Westwood in the same house Christy grew up in. Um, and the, her, her Christie's dad's parents or grandparents bought the house in Balboa, 1979, for whatever, you know, whatever house cost back then. Not very right. much. <laughs> uh, and uh, they've just kept it. The grandparents passed away few years ago since I've been, you know, married to Christy and uh, now it's just uh, you know family's house.
0: Mm. Um, so I was, I was I was
1: answering your question yes, and I got back interrupted by my horrible daughter. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling okay. All things considered, I'm tired. I'm really tired, especially because as we record this, I am tw- uh, what's uh, twenty-one minus five. I am uh, sixteen days into a twenty-one day cycle, so oh. I have five days left on this medication until I get a ten-day break, which is fantastic. I usually feel pretty good, really good, actually, during those ten days. Um, but this is towards the end of the cycle, and mm-hmm. I'm feeling a lot of fatigue. Um, it's it. Eating, I'm in a weird place with my uh, diet because the medication causes weight loss, but also causes loss of appetite. So even if I'm trying to like shove food in my face, which I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't feel like it, but I do it anyway. But I don't gain weight, even though I'm like you know overeating, you know fat and protein and all that shit. I I'm, I never drink coffee in the afternoon, but it's a delivery system for like. Um, whole cream you know like heavy cream so just more calories just more you know uh, fighting an uphill battle but uh you got to do it
0: yeah um do you have no appetite is that what it is
1: yeah real. i mean occasionally if i've if i've gone long enough without food but that's not a good plan obviously if you're trying to put on or even just maintain weight right so i i end up Eating a lot when I'm not in the mood, Mm -hmm. which is a strange place to be because I love food. I love good food. I love Christie's food. And it's, you know, I have to, you know, hand her back half a a plate, half full of food sometimes. Like I did my best. That's, that's I ironically as
0: much as I can eat. Mm -hmm. So you had been, I want to just catch people up. Um, But if people want the full story, they should definitely get your book, Shrinkage, Manhood, Marriage, and the Tumor That Tried to Kill Me. Um, when you were first, I, when they first discovered the brain tumor, you were given six months to live and then you beat it and you were on, you were doing a vast in for years, right? Yeah, it's, it's an over, I mean, I
1: appreciate the, uh, the, 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 rosy outlook. Believe me, I do. It's a bit of an oversimplification. I mean, I, I, didn't, I guess I did sort of beat, I'd certainly beat my expectancy of the additional yeah. prognosis. The difference being my tumor is inoperable. So. Mm-hmm. I'll never be rid of it, so to speak. It'll always sort of be there. Um, and for many years, 9 issues. It was years, held
0: at bay for a long
1: yeah, time. Yeah, I, 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 I successfully um, uh, waited, you know, uh, how, I, how do I want to put this? The, the initial treatment um, worked and beat that prognosis. Obviously, I'm still here. This is 2009 that I was given this prognosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for many years, I was on this drug called Avastin, um, which sort of kept my tumor at bay.
0: And so, what happened that you're now back in treatment? Uh,
1: a, a series of unfortunate events. I actually, I don't. Do you know this, Allison? I, I, I had a, a small stroke. I don't. Um, maybe I think it was May 2018. So let's say two and a half years ago. Wow. Um, I woke up one morning and my, you know, left arm was just incredibly weak, like mm. you know, could barely move it, kind of thing. And I was like did I sleep on this wrong or what, well, you know, what happened? Right. And long story short, we kind of observed it and we didn't know what happened and blah, blah, blah. And eventually, uh, my doctor was like, yeah, you know, he initially mentioned like, it's possible you had a small stroke. And eventually he was like, yeah, I'm pretty convinced you had a, you know, small stroke. Let's take you off the Avastin. That could be contributing to it. It's a blood vessel inhibitor, right? Mm-hmm. So that could be contributing to it just to be safe. Let's take you off the Avastin and see how it goes. Um, and then in January, I guess, of this year, uh twenty twenty, um I was I taught, had an MRI, a regularly scheduled MRI, and the doctor saw kind of he described it kind of as a shadow, just you know a consistent MRI, the images they're the same month to month or mm-hmm. God you know, willing, even you know, changing in your favor is a good thing. But any change towards the other end is just, you know, sets off those red flags for doctors. Neuro- you got analges- them monthly. Uh, every, it was a time when I was getting like every four or six months, that was a few years ago, but yes, bi-monthly, every, every couple, every couple Got of it. months. Um, and so, um, yeah, at that point he's like, I think we should put you back on a round of, um, traditional chemotherapy, Temodar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, I don't. I didn't really enjoy my experience on that, but I understand what the situation is. So, better safe than sorry. Let's nip it in the bud. And then a few months after that, after I was doing that, the uh, once you know the, you, you follow the timeline from January, COVID you know becomes a thing. We're all locked down. Uh, in June, right around Christie's birthday, uh, they they had another MRI, and they're like, "Yeah, there's." There is some thickening around your tumor. Uh, you know this. This could be the beginning of something. So let's take a more aggressive approach and put you on this new medication called Stavarga, which is sort of a newer, updated Avastin. It does essentially the same thing, a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, all right, well, we'll give it a shot. And uh, it's four four pills a day. Um, and it is the side effects are debilitating. They are really rough. Um, literally from my head to my toes. Uh, when I I took, God, I took my first first round of stavarga right after Labor Day, like early June, um, and I was actually uh, I got some sun that weekend. I was on the sun. It was fric- it was hot in LA, and uh, it, a horrible rash broke out of my head. Just oh, a geez. horrible sun exposure rash due to the medication, of course. Uh, and then you know one of the main Side effects is the bottoms of my feet are really painful, like very tender. Mm. It's it's almost like um, they're they're not actual blisters, but it feels like they are. You know what I Ow, mean? Like, yeah. It's not blistering. Right. The, the skin is very sensitive, and uh-huh. it's you know very red. But uh, and I treat it every night with like Aquaphor or some sort of like um, steroid cream. But even still, it's extreme. I'm wearing slippers right now like around the house because it's extremely painful. Even the tips of my fingers like get you know painful, so it's mm-hmm. literally head to toe uh, side oh, that effects. Sucks. And, well, it does suck, and so uh, we went to the doctor for another regularly scheduled MRI. I guess it was the last month, maybe the month before. No, It was the month before, so two months ago. And uh, he, the, the net net his, he, he doctor Rudnick was like, um, "Well, good news. The medication is working. Your your latest MRI looks like significantly better." Which is huge. I mean, that's a real quick turnaround, which thank goodness, you know, that doesn't always happen. And so we're like, that's great, here's the problem. The medication is killing me. It's knocking me out. I, I, I'm useless to you know, around the house, my family. Like I, I'm suffering. You can hear that my voice gets raspy. Mm-hmm. It's almost. That's like the first side effect that comes around when I start a new cycle. My voice will sound great when I'm off for 10 days, but it sounds like this when I'm, when I'm on the mm-hmm. medication. Your and foot you,
0: modeling career, your scalp modeling it's career. On, it's on
1: hold. I'm <laughs> not going to say it's over. I'm just going to say it's on hold. And uh, my doctor was like, well, let's – the medication is working, so we have a strong incentive to keep taking it. Let's take you down from four pills to three and see if that kind of improves things. And um, it, it's made a noticeable difference. Okay. It's certainly not stopped everything. I still have the side effects. I still have the sore feet, the, the throat, the, everything, the fatigue. Um, but it, it's all kind of dulled a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an improvement. Hopefully this uh, dosage continues to work and, uh, you know, my goal, my doctor and I might not see eye to eye, we have to talk about this is to be done with this, you know, by the end of the year, which was the initial he's like, I'm going to put you on six months of this and six months would be like, you know, beginning of, de- of December. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the goal. That's what I'm aiming towards.
0: So do you not have to go in for infusions of stuff? No, they're oral, they're pills. Unlike a do,
1: unlike Avastin, which was an infusion, mm-hmm. I would go in for, two, three, three and a half hours every couple of weeks or months or whatever it was. Um, yeah, the, this one is an oral pill that I take first thing in the morning. You have to take it uh, on an empty stomach. Uh, so I usually take it when I get up to go pee then like six in the morning. And then like you can have breakfast like an hour and a half later. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So you have to take four and now three pills throughout the day. You have to be trying to make yourself eat, but you also have to take them on an empty stomach.
1: The, the, the good news is that I can take all three pills at the oh, same time. that's good. First thing in the morning. So, yeah, my diet then becomes uh, more or less you know, manageable. Right. I mean, uh, that, would be, that would be an interesting wrinkle if I had to make them during the day. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so the small stroke you had is the only side effect that your arm became weak? Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, my arm was already weak, so it went from weak to weaker, and mm-hmm. thankfully it's gone back to weak. It's improved to weak. Um, I have an overall muscle atrophy right now just because I'm not active, and the the medication does that, and also I'm just so tired. It's hard to... I still go to physical therapy twice a week, mm-hmm. but it's just hard to like really put in the work. You, know, you get out of it what you put into it. The, again, the goal is to be off the medication by the end of the year and really... Put on some weight, put on some muscle, and stuff. Starting in January,
0: right? Um, how are your spirits during all of this? I mean, this is—that's pretty rough. Yeah, you know me. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, uh, dead I'm, inside. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm—I'm I'm dead to the world, cold, unfeeling, robotic, um,
0: but yeah. but arrogant,
1: but also determined. <laughs> how dare you? First of all, it's—it's it's only funny when I say
0: it. Um, You're the—I don't—I actually don't think of you as super arrogant. You refer to yourself that way.
1: I think I've heard of myself as smug. There's oh, a little, crossover, sorry. There. There's There's a a little crossover there. There's a crossover, yeah. but not exactly the same thing. But the spirits are okay. It's 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 depressing to not be able to contribute around the house, especially with Tessa and just things. You know what I mean? Like taking the trash out is hard because I have to walk, you know, around the back of the house and so that's hard on my feet. Yeah. So it, it sucks. I, I look forward to being able to – you know, be the partner I'd like to be, you know, in this uh, relationship, in this family. And Christy's is amazing because she picks up the slack and she's dutiful and, you know, does all the things need to be done. But that's not fair. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't relish the idea of her having to do most things.
0: Right. I wonder how much that's a gender role thing because I, and maybe this is just me, but I feel like if I were going through that and I couldn't help out around the house, I, that would not be something that kept me up at night. Because I'm an asshole. Interesting. Uh,
1: so I don't know. How, maybe I don't know. I've never asked you this before, but how did it work with, first of all, I hope your mom and your dad are doing okay.
0: Oh, they they are oh, they are hanging in there. Thank you.
1: Okay, good. Because I was going to ask. God, it would be really embarrassing if they have one of them that had passed away.
0: How much is Tessa aware of what's going on?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, so she is – it's funny because she's – yeah, everyone says their kid's smart, but she's like pretty smart for a just turned four year old. Like she understands that we can't go certain places, like school or the park or whatever, because of the germies. And you know, we, <laughs> we, we we you have to put it in terms they can understand, of course. So <laughs> there, there, there's a lab in Wuhan, Tessa, um, and so uh, she 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 has a grasp of what's going on, and then as it pertains to me and my care. Um, that's one of the things that's really important to me is I don't want her to come out of this with like long, you know, lasting impressions of Daddy is sick or Daddy can't do these things. Although she does understand that, you know, she'll she's a four year old. She wants to climb. She wants to play. She wants to hold my hands and climb up on me, which mm-hmm. she does all the time. But at this, like today, at this point, I can't do that. That hurts my hands. I'm not strong enough. Frankly, I'll drop her. And so, you know, I say, Tessa, sorry, Daddy can't do that right now. I'm not strong enough. She goes. Because of your medicine? I'm like, that's right, because of the medicine. That's right, but I'll, but then I I always try and follow up with like some version of like, but when I've done with this medicine, we're gonna do so much climbing, you know, try and put it, a little positive spin on it because I do plan on recovering. I do plan on getting stronger and uh, putting on, you know, much needed weight and, and being able to you know, play with her and stuff. So Try and keep it positive, but you know, at the same time, we're not keeping it a secret from her. She mm-hmm. understands that Daddy's taking medicine. That it actually gets mentioned a lot. Like, Christy will get up with her at like six thirty or seven AM. She Comes in, Mommy can have some cereal, and then uh, she wants to either wake me up or she's being loud. And I goes, "Tessa, uh, Daddy needs to you know sleep a little more." She goes, "Because of the medicine." I'm like, that's right, because of the medicine. Oh. How's she's pretty well adjusted. Like she went in for her four year old appointment for the doctor, and they uh, poked her. They, they they give her shots, but we call them pokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, three times, got three different shots on the same day, and she didn't like it, but she wasn't a mess. Like she was like, "Can it be over now?" Oh, how's Christy doing? I'm sure she's very stressed. I know she's very stressed. Yeah. She got work. Obviously, she's running a huge team at work, and that's an everyday, you know, full time. Job that she's doing from home, but on top of that, I, it, I, it's—I guess—it's a fortunate situation, silver lining that I don't—I don't need the help that I needed 11 years ago when I was mm-hmm. going through chemotherapy and radiation. I couldn't get to the bathroom on my own. I couldn't walk. You know what I mean? Like I needed constant help. These days, I—you know—the the side effects, as shitty as they are, are mostly limited to fatigue. And you know la- la- uh, lack of appetite, the weight loss, the things I described, and I'm able to do most things for myself. Now, I can't do a shitload for like the family, for mm-hmm. Tessa or for God for God willing, you know even Christy, but um, the, that, hopefully that day is coming.
0: Yeah um, I remember when you guys, you guys both came on my show around the when the book came out, you both came on my show. Um, yeah. Do you remember? I don't- did we both go to your apartment? No, this was when I was still... This was at the studio. Oh, yes, yes. And she was telling a story about cleaning up your poop. That happened. Twice. So now, now yeah. you're, you're able to handle your own poop. Though. I'm able to clean up my own poop. <laughs> You've really come a long way. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it feels like
1: full circle, but it's really not. It's more of a half circle. Like I'm able to tend to my own mess. <laughs>
0: Um, oh, and now I'm going to ask a question that I hope isn't, uh, I hope, well, we'll just see what happens. How's Charlie?
1: Oh, Charlie's good. Okay, good. He's old. Uh, he's (laughs) slowed down quite a bit. He sleeps even more than he used to. But, uh, Charlie is a, um, he's a trooper, man. He's got, so we got him in 2010. He's about a year and a half old. So he's about 11 and a half. Yeah. And that's getting out of that age where a dog is his size, you know, tend to expire, but you know, God willing we'll have, we'll have, you know, they're good, if, if everything goes well, they'll have another good, like, you know, four or five years with him. But the cool thing is, he, I don't know how your, uh, your, your little fuzzy one is with the boys, but uh, Charlie and Tessa finally reached kind of an equilibrium mm-hmm. where, like, at first, so when she first came home from the hospital as a baby, he was interested. He would sniff her, he would, he would sleep near her, the, you know, the, the dog thing. And then when she became mobile, uh, crawling and, and not really in control of her finer motor skills, she would lunge at him. He, he snapped at her all the time. Uh, it became a thing. We're like, oh, gosh. So keep Tessa away from Charlie. And now that she's four and she's pretty physically mature, you know, because she, she can control what she's doing, now they're, like, best buds. Like, Charlie, like, falls asleep on her bed. We just got her a big girl bed. Oh, you so did? So she's pretty psyched, yeah. Uh, twin bed. Um, uh uh-huh. and, and Charlie will often fall asleep on the bed with her. Oh, that's uh, so sweet. Yeah, she, she – takes liberties and messes with him like she'll put her lovey's like a little blankets on top of Charlie and she'll like dress him up and say look he's a wizard or something and, uh, or Obi-Wan Kenobi or I don't know something like that Yoda um, but Charlie tolerates it he puts up with it and then you know he'll, he'll cuddle up next to her at night so Aww. they've reached a good place.
0: Um, yeah, Wendy is surprisingly patient with Elliot. That's and also Owen. a good breed for for kids too. You have yes, the, the King a Cavalier. Combs. Yeah, if yeah, they they're whenever you see those lists of like good family dogs, good dogs that are good with kids, they say Cavaliers. Um, yeah, because like they can go up and and get near her food bowl, and she just lets them, which I'm always surprised by. She oh right, never yeah. snaps Tessa- snarls or anything.
1: Charlie's never been food aggressive. In fact, Tessa now one of her favorite activities is giving Charlie his food. And she's like like she watches us of course and she goes, Sit, sit,
0: Charlie, sit.
1: (laughs) Like Tessa, you have to give him a chance to sit out. You can just start yelling sit over and over again. Yes,
0: yes. Elliot's like, Leave it. Wendy, leave it. But um like but that command is sort of unrelated to what Wendy's actually doing. Um, so this decision to get the big girl bed because we are yes. sort of on the precipice right now. Elliot is in a toddler bed, which is the crib, probably what you guys had, like the crib mattress yeah. and the yeah, frame. Yeah, same
1: size. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm.
0: like, what made you decide to to make the jump? Because I think we might. How, do how it. old is Elliot now? Three and
1: a half. Yeah, we give it. We gave Tessa for her fourth birthday, mm-hmm. so it ended up being just kind of the right time. Uh, well, number one, she's tall. That bitch is tall. Like she's forty. 40- <laughs> two inches or something right now. Like she, she's a a, a, a a tall drink of water. Um, so she was growing out of the bed. That, that was kind of, you know, fait accompli right there. But also Christy was kind of getting, I think COVID had something to do with it, you know, being locked down as we are more or less. Uh, I think she really wanted to redo her room. Mm-hmm. So she took great pleasure in finding the bed, ordering the bed. Um, she, we, we got a little not a canopy but like the little hanging lace thing that goes over the bed and lights up it's not the canopy like a four post bed it like hangs from the ceiling on a on a hook on a screw hook that, oh and it comes down cascades down over her bed
0: that sounds like almost like mosquito netting but lace that yeah that's so actually cool
1: that, it's a it's a cute version of mosquito net that's, <laughs> that's a very good way to put it and tess is really into star wars right now oh how so fun we, for we, you yeah, we, th- oh my God, it's awesome. And so we, we themed it. Uh, she has like, um, not Star Wars per se, but like her sheets are, have stars on them that glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, and cool. uh, yeah, and the, uh, the, the cascading uh, mosquito net, as you call it, it's a good comparison, <laughs> lights up. Like actually you can flick a, a light that's built into it and it kind of glows.
0: That sounds so cool. So it's a cool. very outer,
1: outer space kind of room.
0: Speaking of things that are so cool, I want to tell you guys about Raycon. Uh, Lately, listen, it might not be cool and it might not be hip, but I've been listening to a lot of Les Miserables. I don't know why, but that's been what has been appealing to me. And you know the best way for me to listen? It's using a pair of premium wireless earbuds, especially if you can get them at less than half the price of the other guys. That's why I recommend wireless earbuds from Raycon. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth
1: what would you say? I'm looking at them right now. I said, look at
0: those. They're great. Seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, a more compact design, a noise-isolating fit. They're stylish and discreet. No dangling wires or stems. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg. Melissa Etheridge, Allison Rosen are obsessed with their products. Give them a try. They have a 45 day free return policy. So you can make sure they're the pair of wireless earbuds for you for a limited time. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com/bestfriend. slash best friend. That's buyraycon.com/bestfriend slash best friend for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. Make sure to check it out now while the deal's running by Raycon, dot com slash best friend. Friend again by raycon. slash best friend. Uh, also. If you think you may be depressed or you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, BetterHelp offers licensed online counselors who are trained to listen and to help. Talk with your counselor in a private online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp counselors have expertise in a broad range of areas, including anxiety, grief, depression, LGBT matters, family conflicts, and more. Uh, You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with your counselor in under 48 hours. Everything you share is confidential, and if for any reason you're unhappy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. I just want to underline that. I think that is so valuable because right now, you know, people might be concerned about starting up virtually with a therapist. What if it's not the right fit? You're not, you are not committed. They will get you the right person. BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code best friend. Get started today at BetterHelp. Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash best friend. Talk to a therapist online and get help. Okay, bald Brian. I'm back with you now. Um, I must point out, I've noticed a fly buzzing around your studio, which is your living (laughs) room. Is it driving you nuts? No, it's it's our kitchen. It is driving me
1: nuts. Uh, And there are actually, within my line of sight, one two three four five six flies. Something is going on. It's probably the heat. Oh. I don't know where they're coming from. All of our doors are closed. This is a mystery. I don't know. They're congregating in here, perhaps because it's. But it's weird. They're they're literally on the laptop that I'm looking on. They're not like on food or anything. Like they almost just want to escape. They have like no interest in the food.
0: Maybe they want to be on the show.
1: Oh yeah, featuring Bald Brian and flies.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you guys would like to see the fly, although right now you can't see the flies, uh, this video will be at youtube.com slash allison Rosen. I have been uploading the video to my Monday shows of late. Please go there. Please make sure you're subscribed. I'm basing myself worth on that subscriber number, so help me not walk into the ocean. Um, okay, so I have some questions that listeners sent in. I really? also Yes. I also would understand that you are sitting on a trove of my old drops, which I haven't heard in so long, and I cannot wait to hear some of them. Nobody has
1: heard them in so long.
0: I know. There's been a more, well, I don't know.
1: Should I just drop them in occasionally, or, or are there any there on top of your mind? You're like, I,
0: I would like to hear that one. No, I, there's no specific one, um, I just would like to hear some. I just would like to go down memory lane. Let's just hear a few and then we'll do some questions and then let's hear some more. All right. Let's uh, see what we got here. I have a very small penis.
1: All right. I don't know. what That that might have been (laughs) off the air. I I go from zero to horny and 2.5 beers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that. That's quite a humble brag. Eat more pussy. That's a classic. I think everyone enjoys
0: that. I love when you finger me in the doorway, lick my tight asshole, blah, blah, blah. I must have had uh, had the voice memo recording (laughs) going
1: at some point. Some of these. uh. Unicorn booty. That's right, unicorn booty. (laughs) Audio
0: quality was not
1: great back then.
0: You look like you've been chowing box, man. Oh, my God. I I I still tell that story. What was that story? I don't remember (sighs) at all. There was this guy that I had a crush on in school and uh, I remember he looked at this other guy at lunch who had been eating watermelon and oh, he Jesus. said to him that. And then he, all, my crush on him kind of went away when we were standing outside the art building uh, and he hocked a loogie onto a plant and then it like dangled off the plant. But anyway, anyway, I found it. So he was this like. You fit- love the bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> he was this very attractive to my eyes surfer-looking guy, uh, and guess what he does nowadays, because I looked him up.
1: Uh, I'm guessing you're saying guess what he does, because it's nothing related to surfing or being a meathead. Is he, like, working politics or government or
0: something? No. It is something related to all that. He's the CEO of an energy drink company.
1: (laughs) Uh, Ah, on brand. (laughs) Isn't
0: that amazing?
1: Well, let's check in with him real
0: quick. You look like you've been chowing box, man. <laughs> oh my God, he sounds the same. <sighs> Take them teeth out when you're sucking my dick, ho. I think that's actually my favorite. <laughs> oh, I wish I could remember what that was. From. I mean, that was a news story where I was quoting someone, but.
1: No, uh, it was, yeah. You know, someone had uh, tweeted some hate at somebody. Or...
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this be a ringtone. You should offer that for sale on oh, your no. website. All right, I think that's. Let's uh, that's right. Let's do one more. Well, yes means yes. <laughs> Good advice for everyone.
0: Do you have my uh, my guitar solo? I should.
1: Let's find it. Oh, yes. Here we go. Why do I have. Oh, whatever. <laughs> that's you doing Dave Holmes on guitar. Dave Hill. Dave Hill. Yes. Uh, I wonder if I still follow Dave Hill on Twitter. Is he, is he alive? Is he well? Does he tweet? Yes. Wonder I wonder if the, the algorithm doesn't
0: pop him up in my timeline. I have news for you. I actually just had him on my Thursday show, which is the, when I have the group show. Um, he got banned from Twitter for making... Really? Yes. So that's for, why I don't see his tweets. That's why. His account still exists, but he is banned for making like really stupid your mom jokes to Trump supporters... Who Yeah, I do remember
1: that stretch where he was making a lot of your mom jokes.
0: Yeah. And they banned him for that. Oh. And he which is such a bummer. He was like my he and Chelsea Peretti were some of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Their tweets crack me up so much and now he's gone and he's just on Instagram. But he said that his life is actually better and he does not feel that he's missing out on anything Look, not so being on Twitter. That. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, oh, how nice for him. Have you watched The Social Dilemma? I have. What'd I don't you think, think I liked it
1: as much as most people. Um, okay, so actually that's funny you mentioned that because I was sitting in this very seat discussing the social dilemma with Anderson on the Film Vault no more than 22 hours ago uh, on our episode that comes out uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time your audience hears this, maybe it's already out. So check out the uh, Film Vault. It Weird will, topic. I believe,
0: already top, be out.
1: Top five, uh, top five fictional TV shows, like in movies. Like, you know, the movies will like, have like a f- TV right. show that's fake. Good topic, but we talked about the social network or the social dilemma. Um, while it was a interesting insight into that world and into that sort of phenomena of social media taking over your life, I had multiple problems with it. I hated the reenactments or the three uh, the, Vincent the,
0: the, Cartizers. Uh, fuck.
1: <laughs> I hated the uh, the dramatic like interpretations with the family mm-hmm. and like your audience isn't idiots. Like we, right. You just we get it. Us, you just explained to us how social media can ruin your life. And now we're going to like, see like, like a pretend movie about how it ruins your life. Like that, that was pa- easily 25 minutes of this 87 minute movie.
0: Yeah. That I didn't hate it as much as it sounds like you did, but that part did feel <laughs> like a no means, no like anti drug PSA or something.
1: Overall, it was a good movie. However, mm-hmm. I had multiple problems with it. Yeah. Um, Overall, it was good, I guess. You know, uh, interesting insight. Seemed to focus on Facebook a lot um, as opposed to the social media phenomena. Um, but overall, I'm glad I saw it. It's just a short watch. It was like
0: 88 minutes or something. Right. It did make me realize not a day has gone by and I don't know how long that I haven't engaged with social media. I mean, from the time I get up to the time I go to sleep and sometimes in the middle of the night, I am looking at it.
1: Well, it's interesting because that's sort of part and parcel of what we do, quote unquote, if we, mm-hmm. if we in fact do anything. But, but I, I've, I've instilled uh, or in, I don't know what the word is instituted week long breaks from social media when like I would go to Hawaii or something with Christy in August. You know, we would just put the phones away and no posting. So uh, it, it, it is important, I think, to have those. Built-in breaks, however short or frequent they might be. Yeah. I you, but um, I'm glad I saw it. It's not a bad movie. It's just you know, problematic. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so let's get to some of the questions. I solicited these over Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen uh, is where you go for behind the scenes content, um, videos of the Thursday shows. Uh, I do a bonus episode almost every with three to four a month. I cannot commit yet to the word weekly, but I mean, that's the direction it's headed. Okay, so Patreon. I think I'm going
1: to open up a Patreon this Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen, but it's Allison with two L's because oh. I, just want, I just want the residual people who, you know, don't
0: who, who like me enough, but don't know how I spell my name. Yeah, exactly. They're, like, they're, they're in for the
1: idea, but they're, they're not going to look up how to spell your name. That's got to be half a dozen people a month. I mean, that's, you know, free, free money.
0: Yeah. I mean, with that 30 or so dollars, you will get a month. My God. But some Shit of them adds might be... up, Allison, <laughs> I know. Shit adds up. That's right. Okay. So we have a little song. Little song that we play. When we ask to send them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our friends. All right. Thank you. Kenneth Kelly says, What's his favorite part of being a dad? How does he feel about the future facing our children in the future?
1: Oh, God. Um, thank you for the question, Kenneth. That's a big question. Um, favorite part? If, if we're going micro, uh, my favorite part is Tessa will. So she has a complicated relationship with her dad. Her uh, Her favorite activity, or not activity, pastime, uh, just thing to do is to punch me in the stomach as hard as she can. Like she'll just be passing me, you know, or I'll walk up to her and she'll turn around and just. A full wind-up and, like, punch me in the stomach. Uh, Often she misses, uh, and uh, she's very short, so you can do the math on where that fist ends up. Um, (laughs) Ow. But uh, a lot of punches in the stomach. But occasionally she will show some affection towards me, uh, especially if I've been gone for a while and coming home from physical therapy. Mm -hmm. She she always... uh, now I'm thinking of other things. She always, uh, every time I do a podcast, she, she has to. She insists on uh, saying, I love you, daddy. Have a good show. Like if, she'll, if she forgets or doesn't get around to it, she'll pop in in the middle of the podcast and you go, I love you, daddy. Have a good show. That's so sweet. Um, it is very sweet. And she, um, uh, what was it? Oh, she, she, every time I go to physical therapy, she calls it. It's modified over the last few months, but she used to call it invisible therapy because there's no physical means. <laughs> yeah. Have fun, have a good invisible therapy. And now it's have a good in in, in physical, it's getting closer to physical. Mm. But I think better than that even is occasionally she will... You know, uh, show some affection to me when I come home from physical therapy, or when I come home from something, you know, whatever I'm doing, and uh, she'll yell, "Daddy!" And she'll re- oh, when I should pick her up from daycare, like she'll yell, "Daddy!" and run across and give me a big hug. Like, she's genuinely Aww. excited to see me, so that's pretty cool. That that's probably on the macro level or micro level. That's uh, that's the best. Um, and then, I guess on a macro level, you've probably experienced this: is just seeing the kids grow up and gain an understanding of the world like Mm -hmm. you can see the wheels turning when they're like learning certain things you know what i mean like tessa went from a baby to a toddler to like having an okay understanding of how certain things in the world work and and when you can see them putting things together Mm -hmm. like oh we can't do that because of or oh yeah the jeremy's or (laughs) oh i can have a little scoop of ice cream, if I finish my whatever you know' the, putting things together is pretty cool, watching like yeah. a little person like grow up and learn and become a sentient being i i don 't know if I can answer the second half of your question kenneth it, it's that, that's a big i don't worry too much for Tessa only because I get the sense she's very much like Christy, thank God, I get the sense that she'll be just fine whatever life throws at her you know uh, you know. Short of like you know some horrible catastrophe, but she 's resilient and she 's strong and she 's smart so i i'm just trying not to fuck it up
0: do you um, when I look at elliot sometimes i'll i'll look at him as a, this little person and then i 'll get a flash of what he looked like as a baby yes there's a specific moment when he was um, he was in the NICU for two days, and I remember looking at him in his little like isolate bassinet, whatever the little thing is that they're in in the NICU. And was he premature? No, I had meconium. Do you know what that is? So meconium I thought
1: meconium was something I thought it was like a substance. Is that
0: not yes so meconium is their first poop. Um, uh, but if they poop in utero, which uh, they do, if there's some kind of distress or something, interesting. Yeah, so if they poop in utero, then it like they can when they if they can inhale it when they come out, oh, um, and then it can go into their lungs and make them sick. So he that didn't happen, but he didn't. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> along with the explanation of something that didn't happen. Well, but like it's it didn't gross. Well, he was covered in it. Like, it didn't go into his uh, lungs, but they had to resuscitate him. Like, he didn't start breathing oh, on his wow. own. I don't really... Scary. I guess because it was in his throat. throat. Yeah, it was super scary. Or his nose or something? It, or, yeah, uh, I still don't understand exactly what happened, but, like, something was blocking his ability yeah. to get air. It was, well, you, have a healthy, you have a healthy
1: boy now, so yes. really, ultimately, who cares?
0: Yes, but it was crazy at the time because, like, they started... You know, counting down and then doing compressions, and it took. And Daniel thought we were losing him, and I was like completely oblivious. I didn't so, get what like they were. I feel like they were distracting me from what was actually happening.
1: There might have been. Yeah, I, I can see that being a strategy. I, uh, I, Christy and I still, still tell this story because I apparently was not aware uh, of how. Tessa was going to look upon delivery because mm-hmm. when they pulled out this gray baby, I was like, oh shit. Like, I really thought <laughs> yeah. something was wrong. And then they you know, slapped her butt or whatever and she started crying. And right. Like, oh, that's normal? Oh, thank Christ. Cause I, I really didn't know what to expect.
0: Yeah. Elliot was like greenish and not looking good. And I just figured, oh, that's how they look. But he actually was like covered oh. in this meconium.
1: Okay. So um, yeah. So Tessa was gray and I did not know that's typical.
0: Right. So anyway, I, I feel like, you know, I really got to look at him and like take him in in the NICU. I didn't get to do it in my arms because they whisked him away right away. Sure. It's a whole long thing. But anyway, there was this moment in the NICU where I really saw him and was, was like this specific expression that I'm seeing, like the, way, the thing you're doing with your lips. Like, is that going to be one of your expressions when you're older? Like, is that what you're going to look like? And all the time when I'm looking at him now, I flash back to that particular moment.
1: That's interesting. I, I have a similar but, in a way, opposite uh, observation, which is I am constantly – not constantly, but it happens – it's happened a few times where I've I've either been looking at Tessa or just staring at her and – I can, I swear to God, I can see what she's going to look like as like a teenager and older, like an adult. You know what I mean? Right. To see that, like, oh, okay, yeah, that's exactly what, you know, I, I see the older person in her coming out, mm-hmm. like in her face or her expressions or her movement or whatever. Right. And uh, I'm struck with, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like Adam Sandler in Click. You ever see that movie? I didn't. Well, it's actually. Not saying much. But one of the better Adam Sandler comedies. Uh-huh. Um, he gets a magic remote control, and uh, he can go back and forth, you know, in his life. And at one point, he accidentally goes forward like forty years, and like he's old, and his daughters are growing up, and he realizes how much he's missed. And I had a, a sense of that when I was when I was looking at tests. I'm like, oh my god, I can see you as an adult. That's crazy.
0: That yeah, I I feel like occasionally I've had a little bit of a flash, but where I sort of. S- it 's funny it 's more with Owen, my second that I can imagine him as older more okay um, Alan White says, as a head and neck cancer survivor that lost half my face to this, I Ooh. just want Brian to know that I think about him all the time, also years and years ago, Brian gave out the life hack of using the phone number eight six seven five three oh nine at grocery stores where you don 't have a membership, and that has worked for me literally one hundred percent of the time. Yes. thanks, Brian. Oh,
1: this is my happiest moment. Thank you so much, Alan White. (laughs) Is this the drummer from Oasis? That's a deep pull. No one cares about that. I'm sorry about your face, man. That sounds terrible. I wonder what that means. They could have removed his eye and maybe a part of his jaw, uh, depending on where the cancer was. I know that's kind of common.
0: I have seen a video where he's talking about it. And I think. This guy? Yeah. Oh. I think. I don't. I think half of his face is paralyzed. I don't think that actually half of his face was uh, – I don't think it was removed. It's like removed? Okay. I don't think well, so. Well, good,
1: good luck to you, Alan. Thank you for the email. And uh, I'm so glad that that uh, works. I It's worked for me every time, but of course I can't guarantee it's going to work everywhere all the time. But apparently Alan is uh, is boosting and uh, promoting this
0: life hack. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to try that. And by the way, I, now I'm like, shoot, did I get the details of it wrong? He, they're there. I don't, there was some removal, but it's not like I. They, they could have put in a plate or some yeah. sort of artificial. Uh, Seth Eisenberg says, What are your thoughts on movies being released in theaters when all the experts say it is the perfect storm to catch COVID? I want to see the new James Bond at home, damn it.
1: That's an interesting take. Um, yeah, Allison, this is a very difficult situation for me, because okay. as you know, I host a movie podcast, and I would look foolish by not having opinions on the latest big movies that come out. I've already missed Tenet, like you know, the big Christopher Nolan movie, but... At uh, people outside of L.A. may or may not know, all of our theaters in L.A. County are close. They're not even open for business yet. So um, I do have a plan uh, personally that obviously is not going to work for everyone, but I have a plan on how to see these movies when, in fact, they do become available to watch. I would rather not watch a big spectacle movie like James Bond, for God's sake, in my home. Like for the first time, I want to see these movies in their grand splendor uh, on the big screen. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm suffering personally and professionally <laughs> by not being able to see movies in the theater. So it's a it's – I don't think there's a good answer. I mean I, I would like to believe that the theaters are doing everything they can to keep us safe um, wherever they are in the country. Uh, when I do go back, I'll probably wear two masks, you know what I mean, one on top of the other just to be extra safe. But mm-hmm. you're, you're, kind of, you're, you're obviously taking a chance. Um, you have to weigh the chance versus the risk. The reward versus the risk.
0: Yeah. The whole the, – the constant risk assessment is um, is exhausting.
1: Not exhausting we
0: went, like what you're going through, but exhausting.
1: That, that adds another wrinkle, of course, to me being like you're very immunocompromised. But it's the same debate. Like we, we went through this exact same debate, we being me and Christy, when we decided whether or not to send Tessa to school um, because her school reopened, uh, I guess, beginning of September. And oh, adjust the light here. There we go. I think we're good. So we obviously debated like how safe is it safe? Right. How safe is it? Do the benefits outweigh the risk? Like of sending Tessa to school, um, you know, benefits for her and for us. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, the school took so daycare, you know, preschool, took such aggressive safety measures that it really helped put our minds at ease. Like they're, they're doing everything they can, as far as I can tell. So it really helped put our minds at ease and, and be a lot better with sending her back. Um, and it, the benefits for her, too, like she, gets, she was dying to see her friends. She's mm-hmm. an only child, and she only, always will be. So she doesn't have you know, a sibling to play with or whatever. So she was really uh, suffering um, socially. You know what I mean? Like, she was getting cranky, and she kept asking about her friends. Uh, and so it's been it's been a month, and it's been very smooth so far. School's doing great.
0: Yeah, we're still having this debate. Um, Every parent is. I think we are going to send him back, but then I'm, like, I'm scared about it. But then knowing that you are sending Tessa back makes me feel more okay. Like, do, what did your doctors weigh in? That's a
1: good question. Do we – I think we – they have bigger fish to fry. Um, yeah, I think we may have mentioned it to them, and I don't think they had uh, any opposition. If you're comfortable with the measures that your school is taking mm-hmm. – like we can't even go on campus at, our, at Tessa's school. Like we drop Tessa off at the gate. They check her in. They take her temperature. They ask us all the questions, you know, if you've been exposed to blah, blah, blah. And then a teacher comes, takes her to her classroom. Um, so no, we're not even allowed on campus. So they're taking pretty strict measures, which really puts our minds at ease, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, it, it, but it's personal preference. I would never fault you or, you know, for saying yes or no.
0: Right. I do think it would definitely benefit him. I mean, there's. Oh, for the kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ray Morgan, does he have his old Allison drops parentheses? My fiance, Daniel, Becky Honkington. (sighs)
1: Uh, let's see, Fiance, uh, oh, here we go. My Fiance Daniel. Well, yes, I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> do I have Longington? I should. Hold on, wait, yeah, Listen. let's say, back. us oh, interesting, uh, that one is not popping up, but let me, uh, hold on, wait, maybe if I do that. <laughs> Oh, I have good news for everyone.
0: Hi, this is Becky Honkington. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's funny.
0: Uh. Good call. Uh, okay. Superfan Giovanni wants to know. I was given all of his remaining stuff from the we- excuse me, from the Westwood One Loveline studio, including a floppy disk from 2005 with Brian's resume on it. Does he want it? Why was he still using floppy disks in 2005?
1: This is a mystery. Well, first of all, why did I have anything at Westwood One? I worked there two hours a night, you know, screening calls at Loveline. Right. Although yeah, 2005 was, would have been when I was let go unceremoniously. Um, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about this either. Or uh, Either one. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gio, by all means, get it to me. But I, I don't even know if I can access what's on a floppy disk. Why was my resume on that? Why was a floppy disk there? Why, I, I am I am mystified. Uh, Geo really is a super fan. He has my personal yeah. effects that <laughs> I, I did not know existed uh, floating out there from, from my tenure at Loveline. You well, I don't know have... why I would have had it. I don't know why I would have had anything at Buswood One. I did. I worked there, like I said, for two hours a night. It wasn't like my full time job. I don't think I had a mailbox or anything.
0: Now, f- when he says floppy disk. Like an actual floppy one or like a, one of those diskettes? Those I'm sure Mac it's one ones. of the small – who
1: fucking knows? I'm yeah. sure it's you know what? It's a possibility. Perhaps they – perhaps for some reason I, I saved a resume on the, the computer there and maybe they put all my files onto a floppy disk. Oh. That would have been very Westwood 1 to be still using floppy disks in 05. I was not. I probably had – I had a laptop at that point. I don't know what I would have done with it. Anyway, yeah, Gio, get my shit to me.
0: <laughs> uh, Jeremy Katz wants to know. Um, I'm sorry. that You know what? This one is too, like, intense and long. I recently was on the receiving end of an aggressive rectal exam. <laughs> you know what? Can you play that again? Because I think I talked over it. I recently was on the receiving end of an aggressive rectal exam Okay. Wait. What? What is this? Hold on. God hates bags. Oh
1: yeah. Well, that's true. I don't know why you choose to express that on the air, but
0: oh, uh, that was that. Um, it was the the the, the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah.
1: I'm a member, so I don't know
0: that. I'm <laughs> you remember there. Uh, and for some reason, eat more pussy. That had to do with eat more. That was like Chick Fil A. Was that what that was? I think so. I could be I have, wrong. <laughs> I have literally, we should listen to these. One,
1: two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, drops saved as
0: Alice pussies. Pussy. So uh, let's, let's hear them. Eat more pussy. Hey, they're coming for our pussy. <laughs> I used to think pussy was pussy. I did. No I smelled strange pussy on you. You said that was just because you walked through a crowded room of people who had been eating pussy and it got on you. <laughs> this is going to make your pussy smell a lot. Pussy. If you want to be with some pussy, you got to go out and get the pussy. It's not coming to me. I got to go get it. That must have been a different
1: Allison. That's not that me. Was. All right. Well, fair enough. So I have six drops from you
0: <laughs> that are labeled pussy. I really did think pussy was pussy, pronounced pussy. I really enjoyed
1: the last one because it's it's uh, understated. Pussy.
0: <laughs> Let's hear it again. Pussy. Oh, let's let's hear more. This is fun.
1: You got to uh, tag that at the end of the episode sometime. Like have ten seconds of dead air. Yeah. And just that. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. Oh wait, no, didn't you uh, have one that was? That's right. I, I don't know why I forgot about that. Chubby girls are always down to fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God.
1: Uh, uh. Oh, it's true. You said it.
0: Uh... giant turtle cluster. I don't know what that was from. All right. Keep going with the questions. Okay. Jeremy Katz says, Christy has an interesting job in advertising. Does Brian ever get used as a sounding board for her ideas? Does he ever have a chance to chime in with his own ideas and opinions? Or do work and home life stay separated?
1: All right. Listen to me. Everyone listen to me very closely. Every good idea Christy's ever had <laughs> for me. That's obviously a joke. But yes, uh, quite often I'll give her feedback or insight. Or Sometimes it's as simple as when she's preparing a deck, which is like a presentation, PowerPoint presentation. She's like, what's a better word for blank? And I'll just you know, give her a better word or a suggestion. But there are times when I think the greatest one of my life was uh, – so when you and I were working together, Christy was working on uh, Jaguar, working for Jaguar uh, Land Rover – and they did a uh, Super Bowl commercial, which is you know, a big deal in the advertising yeah. industry. That's that's about as good as it gets. Uh, a lot of prestige, a lot of you know uh, expectation. You get a lot of attention uh, in the industry, and so they did. Had a great idea. It was a really great concept. It was British villains, right? It was like, you know, wh- why are all the great villains played by Brits? And because Jaguars are British car. Mm. and so they they you know were compiling a list of uh, you know these great. British villains, you know, actors, and, and uh, who to reach out to, basically. And I was like, you got to reach out to Alan Rickman. He was still alive at the time. You got to reach out to, uh, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, Anthony Hopkins, you know, all these great British, British actors who have played villains. And they ended up with um, ben, Sir Ben Kingsley oh, wow. and Tom Hiddleston, who was uh, doing four at the time. And uh, I, I, I recommended a sort of obscure one, but very recognizable. I said, you got you to go after Mark. Wrong. Mark Strong is like just that guy that has that face. You're like, yeah, that guy. I know him. He's the bad guy in all the movies. You wouldn't know the name. Most people wouldn't know the name. But uh, yeah, I suggested that he ended up being in the commercial. So that was uh, one of my finer, finer moments.
0: Look at you shaping culture. Yeah. That's right. Taste maker
1: mogul. You should. You should. You should look up Mark Strong because you'll you'll recognize him 100%. He's just a recognizable British actor who plays the heavy oftentimes. Uh, But the name is just kind of anonymous.
0: I'm going to do it right now. While I do this, why don't you play a drop? You don't work for me. You don't have to do what I say. Do you know that I sported a full bush until I was about 23? (laughs) I think that was me laughing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I see this guy. That's just called Alice and Peep.
1: <laughs> Did I hear that again? No, let's just find that one. Where is Alice Peep? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what that was? That was the second drop I got from you in 2014.
0: Oh, wow. Jan- the first January, one. January 6th. I remember the first one.
1: Oh, like the very first drop?
0: Yeah, it was um, Charles Manson.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, oh that 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 was one of the first ones that got. Uh, oh well, no, no, no! Hold on, wait. Let me go, Manson.
0: I agree with Charles Manson. <laughs> that was a classic. I will just sometimes still just sit there and I will remember a drop and I'll start laughing.
1: That's great. Well, if you ever want to hear it, I'll uh, play it for you over the phone.
0: <laughs> the ones that crack me up, pussy lips, still. Boom. <laughs> that's right. And uh, these
1: are classics for a reason.
0: And YOLO, man.
1: <laughs> Sean White. Do you still play those? Uh, I do. Those are in, not so much Pussy Lips, although that's a, that's a great drop. That actually was one of the hardest times I've laughed like at a spontaneous <laughs> thing that was said on the show. YOLO, man.
0: Yeah, I still have YOLO, man. <laughs> I still have. Boom. <laughs> do you remember what the story behind Pussy Lips was?
1: Yes. Uh, do
0: you? Yeah. It was like. Yeah, you
1: were. You, it was the most requested. It was in, <laughs> drawing or something, right? From uh, inmates.
0: Right. So inmates were allowed to request art of things they like. You know, things they hadn't. It was like set up like things they hadn't seen in a while, <laughs> and then Adams right. suggested that that might be what they would have to see.
1: Wouldn't be surprised. It would totally (laughs) add up. It makes sense.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So you see Mark Strong. He's
1: very recognizable.
0: Yes. Amy Freehill says, Brian, you're great on Adam's show and the film vault, but I've totally fallen for your wife, Christy. I really enjoyed her commercial grade podcast. Will she be doing more episodes? She seems so down to earth, caring and very intelligent. Besides Allison. Thank you. I want her to be my new best friend. Uh, This sounds like an insane person,
1: but uh, I'll answer your question anyway. Yes, Christy is amazing and quite lovely. She has expressed many times that she wants to do more episodes of the podcast. problem is that she's working a, a lot, especially, you know, uh, during the COVID uh, lockdowns, with uh, Tessa being at home, it's just impossible to get people or to get the time to, to talk to people. But I know that is a stated goal of hers, and uh, yes, yeah, she she would very much like to do that again. So uh, thanks for listening to that. Yeah, that was uh, she. She loves doing it, and that, she described that as one of her happy places—just doing Aww. the podcast and t- talking to people. Which I'm sure, Allison, you can identify with.
0: Yes. It is it is a nice bit of uh, normalcy in this craziness. Um, Allison Cook says, "Does Brian have a favorite love line call, a la Holocaust with Tom Arnold, Mason Jar, etc."
1: Yes, and you'll probably remember this as a fan of the show. Uh, I uh, and I always, for for a long time, I would get a question like people would find out that a screen calls for a love line, and they'd be like. Uh, what's the craziest call you ever got and I, I had an answer because the craziest call i ever got that i ever personally screened was uh and it's a pretty well-known call amongst love Lo- 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 line fans um guy called up and i'm talking on the phone he's like yeah um i want to know how to meet girls and i'm like okay well what's the I mean, what seems to be the problem and he goes oh i'm just having you know trouble meeting girls I'm like all right well why and he goes well i just got out of prison and i'm like how old are you and he's like 19 i'm like you just went to prison and just got out and you're 19 he's like yeah i'm like what the what what, what what did you do what happened and he goes well i i broke into a mausoleum and took the head off of a corpse <laughs> like all right hold on <laughs> and so on I put I put him on hold and uh, I uh, put simply put simply put on the screen. Now Adam and Drew were very Drew especially because Adam didn't read very well back in the day, but Drew was very particular about the types of calls they took. Mm -hmm. You know he liked you know interesting or specific or whatever on the screen. But I I deliberately decided to put you know uh, uh, let's call him Daniel Daniel (laughs) nineteen you know from wherever he's from uh, and I put wants advice on how to meet girls, (laughs) which is not a a great love line call. And Drew would have given that the thumbs down. But during the break, I'm like, Drew, trust me on this one if you trust me as a phone screener just take the call and see where it goes and i was like all right so they took the call and sure enough uh, <laughs> the, the guy had uh yeah he he had some problems he, he broke a new mausoleum took the head off of a corpse <laughs> put it in his fish tank oh and uh, convinced his brother that it was his grandma and uh his dead grandma and uh the, the brother ratted him out and uh he went to prison
0: well i do hope he's found love <laughs> I wonder if he still has trouble meeting girls. know. he's got a lot to talk about. Did you enjoy screening?
1: I did. Um, it got it got tedious at times because you know you're listening to you know a lot of the same problems, and that was that was hard because they got so many calls about you know oh I'm I'm 16 and I'm cutting on myself or you know a lot of medication stuff and Drew obviously. Um, wanted to keep the show interesting and keep it not light, but like you know keep it varied and and all over the place and so having to tell people like sorry, they can 't do that call tonight, or you know try us back some other time. We just took a call about cutting or whatever it mm-hmm. was um, that, that was hard you know I obviously i don 't know these people, but I you know felt for them you know they obviously have a problem that in their life that they 've received to be big enough to call a radio show so it got tedious and it got tough, but overall it was fun. It was cool to meet the bands and the actors and the whoever came in. That was fun. I was, how old was I, 25 maybe when I was doing the job? Like I was impressionable and it was cool to be around uh, the show. The show was fun and celebrities and you got to see, the cool thing was getting to see celebrities very much relaxed because it's 10, 10 to midnight. Mm -hmm. It's radio. It's a little bit anonymous. You know what I mean? So you can kind of kick back a little bit and, uh, you got some pretty cool moments out of that. You you got to see people relaxed a little bit. Who were some jerks? I'm so glad I don't remember the jerks. Um, I, this is so petty, but I remember like, um, and it's it's bad to talk ill of the dead, but he was a jerk. Um, I, I walked through the front door uh, to come to work at one point, and uh, Lincoln Park was going to be on Loveline, and that's a big fucking deal on K Rock. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's K Rock royalty, especially in two thousand four, whatever it was. Right back um, when you were using floppy yep. disks. Yes, exactly, and and that's about as big as it got. Like people were excited to see Lincoln Park or a call in or whatever. So um, they I walk in the front door uh, and uh, Chester. Bennington, who I believe has passed away. Yeah, um, I think so. He, uh, he was right there doing, like, a little stand-up interview for some dude. Like, talking to camera, right? Like, a little, like, you know, home video camera style, behind-the-scenes thing. And I did my best to uh, walk past him without interrupting. or you know, I, I was very conscious of, like, not being on camera or just, you know, being a fly on the wall, so to speak. Um, and I think I nudged him or bumped him with my backpack and uh, he stopped what he was doing, looks at me, and, and gives me, I forget exactly what he said, but it was like, excuse me, it was one of those kind Heck. of things, and I was like, you're a very popular celebrity on your home turf, basically, a K-Rock sort of event, like, I'm nobody, and I'm just trying to stay out of your way, and oops, I'm sorry if I, if I brushed you with my backpack, but uh, he made an issue out of it, and it was just like, all right, dude.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, I'm glad he's dead. Well, he'll be missed. <laughs> I remember there were people at the Krola show, guests, who, like, I felt... There's really only a couple that I can think of, really, like, turned the... A green room or the sort of the common areas into like mm-hmm. their own living room to the point right. where I felt like oh I'm sorry for interrupting you in this place that I work right I feel very yeah. I feel very unwelcome in there's something this cool place. about
1: doing radio or podcasting where the guests are generally at ease you know yeah. what I mean like they're it's not like they're on TV and they're getting. You know, worked up to do Leno or whatever, like you know, right. hair and makeup and shit. So I do feel like we have the advantage of catching most guests. You know, when they're relaxed or you know, uh, on their um, on their best behavior. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It's really rare that like you know we have guests who are jerks or you know, unless they're predisposed. I guess. Um, right. But, you know,
0: I can't think of too many. Do you miss doing the
1: show in the studio? Yeah, show's better in the studio for sure. Um, I understand, you know, the main reason I can't go in is for my, you know, the condition that I'm in, but I do look forward to, you know, the day when we're all back together. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, for the same reason you probably look forward to the day when you have guests, you know, back face to face.
0: I, so much so, um, although I feel like a lot of podcasters who do shows similar to mine are having people in person at this point. And in fact, I was just on someone's podcast and she asked if I would come and do it in person, but said if I wanted, but I didn't, I decided just for now, I just would rather do it over zoom, but I don't know. I do know a lot of people who are doing it in person these days, you know, like, like Adam is having guests in person, right?
1: Just you. Jay Moore was in the studio yesterday. Yeah. Right. But that's that's an exception. I would say four out of five guests are remote. Really? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah I don't know. That sounds about right. Yeah. I just I'm not. I don't. I'm just not comfortable with it yet. Although I don't know. It's probably okay. I, I am mean,
1: having my co-host Anderson stay at his house. Like you know, I've, we're going to a bit of an extreme, but right it is it is
0: what it is. Right. Brian, thank you so much for making the time to do this. Is that all? Are we done? Well, we don't have to be. Okay. Good. We don't have to be. We can I agree Charles. with Charles Manson.
1: I don't know what Charles Manson
0: has to do with this. It's a bit of a
1: non-sequitur there, Allison.
0: That's all I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for more. Um... <laughs> Listen. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, tell your friends, download, etc. Uh, listen to Allison is your new best friend, and also my podcast that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons, our parenting-ish podcast called Childish. And I'm on Patreon, patreon.com/slash Allison Rosen, and on Patreon you can sign. So it's normally a monthly sign-up thing, but right mm-hmm. now or going forward, you can do an annual membership if you want, which a lot of people we are just taking started advantage out of. of. The film vaults. Yes, people yeah, love just, it. <laughs>
1: People can—they're basically getting a month and plus free, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Are we fucking losing money on this deal? Probably,
0: probably. Uh. Initially, at the beginning, I was doing two months free, so it was twelve months for the price of ten, and I just switched it now to ten percent off, so it's a little over a month, um, a month deal. But yeah, people, people love it. So Patreon.com/slash Allison Rosen. I'm also on Cameo, Cameo.com/slash Rosen. If you like what you're hearing, uh, leave a nice comment. Brian, tell everyone where they can find you. Plug whatever you'd like to plug.
1: Um uh, Alison uh, uh mentioned the uh, Film Vaults which she's been a guest on. You probably find that episode in our archives on iTunes. I don't know if it's still out there but uh it's it's accessible if you look hard enough. You're a great guest so thank you thank for being you. on. Thank you. I did it like three vaults. times I think. Really? Yeah. That sounds like way more than than is deserved.
0: <laughs> Right. I, I know. I like in your head you've downgraded it to one, but yeah, I'm practically one, another host of the show. <laughs>
1: that, that's what I would say. The third host of the film vault Allison right. Rosen, everyone. Yeah, because uh, it was,
0: once was when I had just started and you guys were doing it like in the Fishbowl studio. The second time I came to wherever, and the third time was um, after was in 2015, and I came back to that place, unless it was really only twice. But one time was in the Fishbowl. Fishbowl being at busted one. No, the fishbowl being the original Adam Carolla studio. Oh, the the orange couch. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Uh, yeah.
1: I kind of forgot about that. I mean, I forget about it, but it's been so long. Uh, Of course, the Adam Carolla show five days a week. I make wacky sounds on there, such as Um, wow, the wackiness. uh, I know. So wacky. And then the, uh, the uh, book Allison mentioned, uh, Shrinkage, is out there. Helpful for uh, if anyone in your life who is uh, unfortunately diagnosed with uh, cancer or some sort of major illness. A lot of people have found um, helpful advice in there, which I never anticipated while writing it, but it's become kind of a bit of a self-help Gift, I guess. You know, people don't know what to do for their friends who are diagnosed, so they give them my book, which is an incredible honor. I, I, yeah. I, I literally did not anticipate that one writing. I thought it was going to be an interesting, you know, uh, uh, rumination, uh, recollection of my journey, but it uh, ends up being helpful to people. So check it out.
0: Look at that. You inadvertently did something generous. I know. I, I'm ashamed. <laughs> Thank you again. It was wonderful talking to you. Yes, good to um, catch up, listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye.
1: Hey, do you know about the Allison
0: Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.